0: Welcome to the Mindful Printer Podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa Zwana. Let's get into it. All right, people, this week's guest is the epic, the amazing, the incredible. Kiana Walker, if you know her, you know that she is not only an amazing human being, but super, super, super talented. She's an international pole artist and instructor based in the UK, best known for her strong and flexible pole tricks, dynamic choreography, and aerobic floor work with a dash of sass. She started her pole dancing journey in her hometown of Montreal. That's where I met her. She actually lived on the same street as me growing up. Um, So she started her career back in 2015. And since then, she has done incredible things. She She's taught and performed around the world for artists like Snoop Dogg, Wiz Khalifa, and at events like London Fashion Week and Dragon Zen UK. And she's even been featured in various short films and activewear campaigns. Talk about an epic resume, and she's not even. 30. Can you believe it? (laughs) She's doing amazing things. Yana is really living proof that if you do what you love, you can totally transform your passion into your career. I really loved learning more about her story and I hope you do too. This podcast is brought to you by Nomad Creative. Visit nomadcreative.com for all of your marketing, branding, and social media needs. we were literally just saying you said 10 years i don't believe i don't believe it's been 10 years <laughs> it i like you know what it is it's when when you have that like connection on social media you almost feel like you've never really completely disconnected from the person and your sister and i went to elementary school together we grew up on the same street so I feel like we kind of always saw each other not that we were necessarily friends I wouldn't say yeah yeah I feel you but but always like supported each other on social whatever messages here and there but anyways it's just funny to kind of like see you face to face after you know all these years I'm excited yeah I'm excited
1: excited as well and I'm also like really loving watching your journey as well like I'd love to hear more about that too if you have time (laughs) (laughs)
0: definitely we can get into it. I have a million questions for you though, because first of all, like you've completely transformed your life your career from the last time we spoke I've seen you do it you know over social media but haven't asked you all the details and I just like need to know I'm sure you know like your followers and and you know everyone who's been following your journey as well in your personal life some of them may know some of them may not know the little details in the back end and I think it's a really cool way to share it you know in like long form tell all of the stories um but I first want to kind of jump in so you're from Montreal you moved to the UK why why the UK
1: yeah okay so I guess in order to answer that question I will have to like backtrack a little bit um yeah but uh, (laughs) basically after I graduated university I was really wanting to just travel and like see the world and at the time my sister was um in Australia she was living in Australia and she Mm. was like you would love it like I'm living in Melbourne you would love Melbourne it's just like Montreal but like Obviously, there's differences, but like similar vibe, a very alive city. There's so much to do, um, and I was like, you know what? Like, screw it, I'm gonna do it. So I, uh, me and my really really good friend Steph, we just booked a flight. Like, I literally graduated university in. December and I left in January like I did not wait I did not wait yeah and initially I was only supposed to go for four to six months that's what I told everyone because of course like you say that out of fear you're like you're not you don't want to admit that like you're gonna be anywhere longer than four to six months so that was like my comfort zone and Mm -hmm. then um, I got there and within the first month of moving to Melbourne I met my partner James and he's a Scottish man oh. yeah so I've been with him like literally ever since the day I met him it's crazy was he traveling too yeah so like we were both okay. on the same visa so it's called a working holiday visa so basically you can um like you're you're, you're there and you're living but you're also you're, you're working as well but like a lot of people that are on work holiday visas they're also just they're there to like have fun and explore and stuff yeah. so you're not like I, I didn't take life super super seriously you know <laughs> I was really there just to like
0: you were working in quotes <laughs>
1: yeah I, I still of course had a job and stuff but I wasn't yeah. doing like I wasn't doing what I'm doing now so yeah yeah but um that's so then basically after our visas expired because the working holiday I only got um two years uh, and then after after my okay. two years, I, uh, I moved to James's home, which is Scotland. <laughs> oh, nice.
0: Okay, so why his home? Like, he didn't want to come to Canada? Or did you, like, prefer to go to Europe? I mean, I would go to Europe any day <laughs> over where we live. But what was your rationale?
1: So actually, believe it or not, the craziest thing is that we actually moved to, to Toronto. The reason why we okay. moved to Toronto was because or that we wanted to move, sorry, quote unquote, wanted to move was because it's more English and James doesn't know French. But uh, and mm-hmm. but he's always been actually, believe it or not, a lot of people are fascinated. By Canada, and he was like, I would love to to uh, to move to Canada. So I was like, Yeah, let's do it. And I said to myself, Toronto has always been a place that I have been intrigued by. As someone Mm -hmm. that worked or studied media, I've always had this pull to try out Toronto. So I was like, Let's do Toronto. And then after literally within the first week of us moving there, remember that we prepared our entire life to move to toronto we had packed our bags james had applied for a visa that he had been working on for like a year at this point so like we were committed and then after he just got this feeling it was the middle of the winter we moved in um we moved it so this was right before the pandemic so we moved let's say january of 2020 and then we were there for literally one week and he was just like something doesn't feel right he was just like, Mm. I've been getting this, like this, this feeling, uh, mind you, he had been working, he had been, um, applying for like several jobs and he was, he wasn't getting much, much feedback or much, um, responses. He was getting quite nervous about that. He'd been applying, he'd, he even applied before we went to Toronto. So he was trying to like, just suss out the situation. And he was like, it seems like people really don't want to hire me, even though I am I'm qualified uh, to do what I do. He was like, some people it, it seems like they're like, oh, he's he's on a, a Canadian working holiday visa. How serious is oh, this guy? because yeah. like remember, mm-hmm. he's not a Canadian resident. So he was just getting some like some weird thoughts and and I, honestly, I was like, I have nothing to lose. I'm I'm happy to do what makes you feel comfortable because I'm gonna pursue my passion in pull and fitness. That, that was like my goal, mm-hmm. so I was like, wh- whether that means doing it here in in Toronto or going to the UK, I'm just happy for you to just decide and I'll I'll like I'll let you I'll let you fall I'll, I'll let you um, lead the way. And then after basically he was like, let's let's just go to the UK. So then within like a day we decided, okay, we're doing <laughs> the UK. Sorry, not, yeah. not a day of, like, moving to Toronto. I mean, like, we made the decision after he felt In this bed. way. Yeah. yeah. And then after, basically, we just um, applied for a, a, a fast-track a fast track visa for the UK. Uh, and then after we moved to the UK, after, like, a week of making that decision. <laughs> wow.
0: That's <laughs> yeah. wild. Yeah. Talk about, like, following your, your gut and your instinct, though. I'm assuming you're happy
1: or loving it there? Yes. There are so many reasons. Like, I, I can't even explain how much... The universe had our back in that situation because we moved to the uk and then of course we didn't have that much money this is after australia if you know yeah. many people that do the working holiday visa after that experience no one leaves with that much cash let's be real here <laughs> yeah. you're, because you're, you're partying a lot and you're enjoying life and you're traveling and anyway so we were not in a good financial position at that point a okay. B, we also uh, got to stay at his at his family's house and they and it was initially Mm. only going to be for about three months that was that's what we said three months then we're going to get on our feet and then have our own apartment little did we know that the pandemic was going to start within the first month of us moving to the UK which changed everything because then that made my situation very hard to like put myself out there like I had just moved to a new continent and had like no friends no no real job uh, it was a very mm-hmm. scary time and then after it went boom pandemic and then thank god we had a cushion which was james's family you know and yeah. he helped us like really get stay on our feet or get on our feet but slowly but surely because it took us a while
0: yeah, yeah, no, honestly, blessing in disguise for sure. Yeah. And now I'm assuming you guys have your own place. You're good. It's been a few years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. That's okay. So you got to the UK, it's pandemic. You're like, holy shit, what am I going to do? I don't know anybody. And how how is it that you start to get into pole because you've obviously built an incredible career for yourself a presence on social media, you've had the opportunity to perform for you know Snoop Dogg with Khalifa you mentioned London Fashion Week Dragons and UK it's like holy shit like the resume goes on and you're just starting you know, so like why pole.
1: So pole actually started when I was living in Montreal in 2000. Okay. So I started in 2015, but it was always like a, a side thing. It was like the way that I, I'm not sure what fitness you do, because I know that you, you love fitness, but I don't know what, what, mm-hmm. what do you do? Sorry.
0: Soccer, dance, like gym, whatever. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But the
1: way you kind of like do, you know, something recreationally on the side, but you mm-hmm. love it so much, but like, you're yeah. not thinking... I'm going to get paid to do this one day. That's how yeah, it was yeah. for me. It was just like a physical passion because I'm very active. I've always been that way. But then mm-hmm. um, it was really when I, when I moved to Australia, that's when it kick-started my, my thinking of, oh, wow, I can actually make this a career. Because when I was in Australia, the Australian pole scene is extremely vibrant. It's extremely okay. competitive. There's loads of competitions like happening in different parts of the country. Um, so mm-hmm. I, so I was like okay, I want to compete and I initially told everyone because once again it's a, it's that fear of dreaming big. I said I want to just do one competition because it's on my bucket list. That's what I told people right. Right. And then yeah. like because you, you don't want to say like you don't want like and that's what I noticed about myself is that I was always like playing a bit small and now I'm mm-hmm. like I'm I way rather now just say something that okay I don't want to lie and like or like
0: you know. I, no, I, there's, I, it's not a lie. It's, it's delusion. What I like yes. to say is like, you got to be a little bit delusional. Exactly. Like I'm the same way. Exactly. I say the same thing. I'm like, I'm building a multi million dollar business and you're going to have people that are going to roll their eyes and be like, yeah, okay, good luck. And I'll be like, just watch, yeah. you know, exactly. like it might not be tomorrow, but it's coming. And just like you, you know, dream big, like instead of one competition, let's win five. Yes. <laughs> you <know>? Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I love that mindset. And I am, I'm, I'm yeah. still working on like having that, that everyday mindset. Cause it's one thing to have a Mindset for one week but then there's another uh, there's another thing about like it being an innate thing that like even your subconscious Mm -hmm. is thinking about it you know what I mean yeah Um, yeah so anyways I ended up uh, doing a competition and then that was uh, in Adelaide and I remember that competition was like just such a sick feeling of just being on stage doing my thing I didn't win or anything I won a mini award I actually won uh, like a sometimes they have for these competitions they have like first place, first runner up, second runner up. And those are like the main awards. And then sometimes they will also yeah. have little like mini awards, which is like best costume or like, so I actually won uh, best tricks. So that was like, oh, that was pretty cool. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the, um, what had happened was that the, like the entirety of my story didn't make sense to the audience. And that's something I'll actually, ah, okay. um, I'll actually explain that later on, because I know that there's going to be a moment where you're anyways i'll explain I'll, <laughs> I'll explain more of that later on because i tend to digress but anyways it was really competing and then after i got a job like a part-time teaching job and that is what really i was like okay so like i'm making money from doing this part-time teaching job Um this is like, you know, I'm not making that much money, like, um but it's still like, was the beginning of, okay, this is like, this is this can be a career potentially. And then after one thing led to another, when I moved to the UK, I ended up teaching at all these different studios. And then after I started an online business, and then that is when I was like, okay, so I can actually make a career from this. So it's it really started from just teaching, like, in Australia, I think I was teaching, like, three to four hours a week. Like that's that's like literally just, you know, spending money. And then after when I yeah. moved to the UK, I, I I started to make it like part of my actual like income. So Yeah. yeah cool.
0: <laughs> and what what's that pay like? I guess do they pay you like per class, hourly? Is it does it go by experience or is it just like by the studio? Does it not matter?
1: So there are so many variables when it comes to uh, uh, like teaching rates. So just to give you an example, usually when you are a regular um, like instructor in the sense that you are like an instructor at a studio, you usually Mm -hmm. just you you, you will usually get like an hourly rate. That's how it generally is. If you are a guest instructor doing like a guest workshop, you're only there for like that one day, maybe two days, and then you're gone. Because mm-hmm. like, for example, me, I'm I'm now in Montreal, but I'm technically a UK-based pole dancer. So when I come to Montreal, I do guest workshops. That's when you can yeah. really demand more because you're a guest. You're not yeah. there for long. Uh, so that, mm-hmm. that's when like for me personally, I actually charge per head. So that and and, uh, yes. and that I find has helped me a lot with um just like I I just feel like I'm maximizing my profit from doing per head, um mm-hmm. and then also it, it it also keeps you accountable too for marketing the event because it's not like oh no matter yes. what I'm walking away with you know three hundred dollars it's like no I, for I, I want to make like I, I the more bookings I get the more the more I market this event the more I'm going to make so. I'm, yeah. Unless obviously it sells out, then there's nothing else you can do. But
0: so so what is what does someone typically charge for a class? Like what is the the cost to attend one class for one person? So
1: in uh, the UK, a drop in generally is about like 14 to 15 pounds if you want to attend okay. a poll class. So that's going to be let's just say that's about a little bit short of $30. Sorry, mm-hmm. I, I I tend to give rates in pounds. So I'll try my best to like, translate no, that's as okay. much as possible yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's, it'll be about 15 pounds you'll, some, you'll see some you'll see some studios actually uh they'll do a drop in for 20 pounds I've I've seen that mm-hmm. as well so let's just say 15 to 20 pounds and then after um but if you get like a package then after it's yeah. a little like obviously it makes it less uh less expensive Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. But then after if we're talking about like a workshop, a workshop's like a whole other uh, ordeal, because it's a bit more special. And, Mm -hmm. um, and workshops uh, tend to be 90 minutes. So like when I, for example, when I have my 90 minute workshops, my, my rate per head is in, in Canadian is $60 per head. So let's just say I, I get 10 signups and after in that 90 minute workshop, I'm making 600. So, so, so the studio doesn't take anything no, like a percentage. The, so the studio, that's my rate. And then after the studio okay. has to put something on top Up, of sells. it. Exactly. Got so it. then if uh, um, my last workshops, I think I saw the studio was, put me at $80 for the 90 minute workshop. So you do see that like the price of of like a regular pole class compared to a workshop. There is a, there is a big, Price difference. Yeah. However, the workshops are more specialized. Um, they they've been they're like they're more structured. You you mm-hmm. tend to get more out of a workshop than just a yeah. regular pole class. Also, remember that a pole class you have to do a full warm up and a full cool down. So then after you you sometimes only get like about forty to forty five minutes of actual like the good stuff. You know, not mm-hmm. not to say that warm up and cool down don't have value, but you get what I mean. People usually want to be there for the 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 the, the
0: the the fun the fun like creative part where you get to move on the pole no i i totally get it cuz yeah. i used to dance yes. so it was it's the same thing with dance yes. you know you have let's say an hour hour and a half dance class 45 minutes of that is spent like warming up and then like sometimes just 20 minutes is like the actual dance portion and then you stretch and then you leave exactly so it's it's very similar and then us too with workshops with the dance workshops it's probably maybe a little bit different than pole because when we would have workshops it'd be like multiple choreographers Mm. that come in so I mean with pole I guess it's a little bit more labor intensive that like you probably can't be hanging off a pole for like four five six hours at a time I don't know you tell me (laughs) but like with dance at least you can like jump from like one style to another and like I remember doing like three days of workshops I was actually just recently looking back at like things from I think it was like 2017 or something I have old videos that I used to post on social media of me dancing and it's like it's hilarious to look back like the contemporary and the jazz I was like hey not so bad and then you look at me doing hip-hop and you're like oh my god
1: (laughs) there's like this tall lanky thing waving around (laughs) I love that. But then at the, at, at the same time, though, you have to save those videos because then after it's amazing for progress, you know, like, are like, are you still doing hip hop yeah. now? Or did you just? No, say, okay, no, no, okay. no. No. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I gave
0: up on that dream a long time ago. I was like, um, I think you're going to stick to contemporary.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Contemporary looks yeah. freaking hard. It looks extremely yeah. difficult. I haven't like dabbled very much in contemporary, but man, I, I love watching it. I really do.
0: Yeah, it's so beautiful. I mean, like back in the day, I mean, we don't have So You Think You Can Dance That Plays anymore, but I used to be obsessed with those shows, you know, So You Think You Can Dance. Recently, there was a new one. What was the one with
1: uh, J-Lo and um, Um, uh, World of Dance? World of Dance. World of Dance. And I just finished watching that really good one, um, uh, Project, no, not Project, uh, uh, Dance 100. (laughs) dance 100 oh, on netflix. yeah on netflix that one is really good too i actually my fr- i know my one of the choreographers it. oh no wait no me too oh no wait who i uh, i don't know the choreographer i know one of the people oh. that was in like the dance 100 the dancers yeah one of the dancers okay, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah who do you know
0: um Janik okay janet yeah
1: i follow her she on was- Instagram
0: she was a choreographer and also danced with me in some of my classes in Montreal back at eight count.
1: Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So this was
0: like a long time ago. Like we, when we started off, I think the first few, cause eight count was very like hip hop focused mm-hmm. and then they started introducing more technical classes. And so she had technical training. I think she's from New Brunswick. So she like initially had all that technical training and then came in and the owner of a count, um, basically like took her under her wing and then she was part of like all of those big dance crews and whatever. Anyway, she made, she made a a great career for herself too. Um, but yeah, so we started off like dancing together and then like, she's just like way better than me. So she ended up being a teacher and I was her student in her class. So I did a few classes with her, um and a few performances with her but yeah it's
1: incredible I wonder if she like really
0: remembers me it was so long ago
1: uh, um but I've been
0: following does. her journey
1: she definitely <laughs> does you should uh, try to get her on the uh, on the podcast
0: actually it's a good idea yeah. I didn't think of it it's a good good idea
1: yeah <laughs> well I'm manifesting that for you <laughs> thanks
0: <laughs> okay so I want to get into the details this last performance this was like a week ago or a few days ago now yes. when were you just on stage on Wednesday and are you
1: still like shaking? Uh, no, I'm back to normal now. I, I, like, I still, I, I'm so grateful for like, yeah, for all of these opportunities that have presented themselves. Um, yeah, it was amazing. They're always amazing. They're all super special. Um, I always want to like remember the feeling that I have getting off like getting off of these or like not off of these experiences but like w- like once I can't I get home I try to like bask in these feelings because they're they're just so special they don't happen every day I want them yeah. to happen every day but at the <laughs> moment they're, they're not happening every day so I really just tried to like you know enjoy the rest of my week I had a really nice like like n- like no work weekend. And mm-hmm. now this is actually my first day back at um like like you know, working again. So I really yeah. just like basked in the feelings and I just like went out on the weekend. So I'm feeling I'm feeling really good. I find that good. like um it's really easy when you have like these amazing opportunities just to be like, okay, great, what's next? You know? Yeah. And I do feel like it's good to take the time to just be grateful and to really just sit in those feelings because that's like what I've been working for. I've been working for these for these nights and these moments and what's the point if you're gonna just like forget about that and say like okay what's next you know and I, yeah. I have that tendency to do that and I'm trying to just be like be more focused on staying just, just celebrating celebrating the exactly exactly mm-hmm. and that I feel like I'm slowly getting better at that but it's always been like an issue because then after when you're always like okay, what's next? And after you almost, yeah. Cause you're
0: driven, yeah. you're driven, you're determined. You have that drive. Like you, you want to like go for the next thing. I get it. I, I can relate too. Yeah. and I've been guilty of that also, but I like, I think you already have the awareness of it. Right. And that's the first step. So like the fact that you can just like sit and be like, wait a second, like, and purposely almost like book that time off exactly. kind of like you did, yeah. you know, to like relish in all of what just happened. Cause yeah. so just to kind of catch people up because we're, we didn't really refer back to it, but so Wednesday today is mm, Tuesday. Wednesday. So it's been about a week, yeah. right? Yeah. That you performed for Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa. This was the second time that you had performed on stage with him. Third. Yeah. third? Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was the second. This is the third. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I want to go back to the beginning. How, how did you get approached for this? How did they find you? What did the like negotiation process look like? I'm, I want to know it all. So let's start from the beginning. Like, how did they, how did Snoop Dogg find you, Keanu Walker? (laughs) Uh,
1: So luckily, um, the booking agent, because it's not uh, Snoop that does the actual bookings. Right, of course. Yes, so the the booking (laughs) agent, um, and she's also a pole dancer, a very well-known and respected pole dancer. Her name is Nicole, Nicole the Pole, um, and uh, she is based in LA, and she has had a working relationship with Snoop for a while. To be honest, I don't know exactly how, uh, something that I should definitely probably read up on, but um, Mm -hmm. she's been working with him for a while so she was in charge of booking his world tour so when uh, one day um, and this is when I say that sometimes well always the universe has my back because this was something that I didn't ask for it almost like kind of just happened so I was messaging her about something completely random because she was uh, putting out feelers about a Bali retreat, because just a side note, now is a very popular time where pole dancers, especially pole dancers with a lot of followers, they can now, um, they they organize retreats, like pole retreats. And um, cool. anyways, it's a really cool thing that people are doing. Maybe one day I'll do it myself. But um, anyways, so I was just asking her questions about her Bali retreat. And then after she messages me back and saying, hey, I just saw that you're, you're based in Glasgow, do you want to apply to perform with Snoop Dogg? And I was like, uh, yeah, like, absolutely. Uh. <laughs> and then she was like, great, um, just send me some videos um, or send me some, like, she just basically told me the application process. She was mm-hmm. just like, send me a video of you dancing to a Snoop Dogg song, has to be one of these songs. She named a bunch. I chose... I want to love you, AKA I want to fuck you. I chose that song yeah. because it's, uh, okay. Okay. Sorry if you can't <laughs> swear on this podcast, you can swear, you can swear. But um, it's a, uh, you know, it's a very like, you know, I-, I see you winding and grinding up on that pole. I was like, I'm obviously going to choose that song. Yeah. So I did. Um. Uh, so then within a couple of days I went and I filmed this, this uh, choreography. My boyfriend actually came to come and film me. because I <laughs> I wanted the person that was filming me to be someone I was like, you know, very attracted to. Uh, and uh, that makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. And uh, then after it was, yeah, I, I submitted the video and then after I got the, I got the part. So that was wow. like an amazing and the craziest thing was that I actually got the call when I was at London Fashion Week. So I was already doing a very fun event uh, uh, in London, um, getting ready to go, like, to do this, um, it was basically like a catwalk, but, like, it was a catwalk with a pole dancer, so, like, I'm the pole dancer doing my dancing thing, and then after there's models walking up and down uh, a catwalk, and so, anyways, I was already, like, you know, backstage getting my my hair and makeup done, and I get a phone call from Nicole, so I had to, like, leave, and then after I was, like, hey, and then she was, like, hey, how how would you like uh, to perform with Snoop Dogg in Glasgow, and I was, like, freaking out and then no shit. I was already yeah. like I was it was just one of those like you know you have you already have a really exciting thing happening and then you get another phone call so I was on cloud nine for sure um wow, yeah and then after the Glasgow show sh- uh, she Nicole calls me in the morning literally I had I, I had been up for like four hours at this point uh, I, sorry I only had like a f- four hour sleep because I was just so right. uh buzzed like high on life mm-hmm. and then <laughs> after she was like hey the team loved you do you want to do the London show? And I was like that London was like the big show for the UK because it's it's London. Like, you know, it's at the, it's London. The O2 arena Arena is like an iconic venue and not to say that the hydro in Glasgow is not, but we all have to be real. The, The O2 has like some of the biggest events in the world happening, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, uh, yeah, I'll definitely, uh, do that. So then after I went to London a few days later, um, and then after that, uh, I, I thought it was all over I was like okay good. yeah hi Snoop Dogg and then uh then I saw oh man he's uh he's coming to to Toronto so I applied because it was just you know great timing I was I'm here I'm visiting family I work remote now like a, a lot yeah I, I technically work remote now so I can be here for you know a month two months if I want so um I was uh yeah I was just here just living and then after um I saw that he was coming to Toronto, so I applied and I got the gig again. So it was just really like I'm very, very grateful that all of these things have have happened and, um, yeah. and The timing it all aligned. Yes, yeah. it's the timing too. It's like it's like it's like being at the right place at the right time. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So
0: I mean you, you were in Toronto, but for example, like when you were in Glasgow and he was performing in London, like, do they cover your ticket price? How does that work for compensation? Like, are you taking care of like that? Or is it like, you got to show up, you got to pay for your flight and then we'll pay you for the show kind of thing.
1: Yeah. So for these uh, events, they only pay you for the performance, but they do say local dance, local performers. They're always saying we are hiring local performers obviously it's a business thing they they're 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 running a business so they um Nicole even says it like when people are applying you should not be paying for your own accommodation like you should not be like doing that because like if you have to pay for accommodation you should not be applying in the sense that like okay she's she's giving us advice like like this is an opportunity where we want you to turn a profit so yeah if you are willing to uh to travel and then after get accommodation then that's on you so I'm very lucky Mm -hmm. that I have a a good friend Mel that lives in London so I stayed with her and then after in Toronto in Toronto I have family in Toronto so I, uh, I, stayed with, I stayed with family. So like, yeah. but that was like, you know, a choice that I was willing to make because at the end of the day, for me personally, performing doesn't really um, make up my, my regular income. For me, performing yeah. is just- sm- It's the experience. Yes, and little, it's, yeah. it's just monetary bonuses, but like even, mm-hmm. but not even the financial bonus, but yeah, like life experience, connections, yeah. memories, you know, like I always end up coming back from a performance, whether it's a small studio performance or a big, a big, you know, show like that. I always come back with a, like a high, a different perspective on life and all that stuff. So like, I don't, I don't mind as long as I'm like, you know, of I, I don't want to work for free. I don't want to. But I even do sometimes some things for free. But I I know that I'm coming from like a place of privilege to be able to say that. But sometimes yeah. I'll, if it sounds like a cool concept, I'll do it for free because I don't look at performing at the moment as my main source of income. It's just like it's, you know, it's a bonus. So. It's fun.
0: It's the experience. Yeah, Yeah, no, I've spoken about this even from like a career perspective with with other people on the podcast before too, where it's like, sometimes like the value is in doing the work or doing the thing and the people you're going to meet what you're going to be exposed to it you know, the, the payment doesn't necessarily have to be monetary. Yes, right. Yeah. And like you said, like those memories too, I've always been an experienced person over like a gifts person. Yes. So it's like, put me somewhere. I want to experience it. I want to be with the people to say that you've even done that mm. to say that you've met them. Cause it's, it's not like you were just like plopped up on stage to dance like at least from what i've seen from your videos you were able to interact with him have conversations with him so you you built somewhat of a relationship and i'm sure that that has so much value as opposed to if you were to just you know okay dancer number two on stage you know like it looked like it was a very cool personal experience like talk a little bit more about that that relationship element
1: yeah so after the shows we're always allowed to hang out with him a little bit it's not because at the same time you're in like a you're in the like his dressing room but it's not like a dressing room it's like massive you know like it's it it can it can fit (laughs) like a lot of people but you're in a dressing room and then after there's a there's there you're there but then other people are there too whether it's VI- yeah. vip's or other rappers or you, you know what i mean like it any, mm-hmm. anyone can be there not anyone technically because after the o2 arena we actually had to wait for david beckham to leave before we got to go <laughs> yeah yeah so <laughs> like, yeah 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 i cuz then after we were wondering we were like what's taking so long cuz we, we couldn't go into the dressing room for like you know yeah. an hour and we were like what's taking so long like uh, we, we don't usually have to wait this long but it's cause David Beckham was there but um but generally cool. generally you're allowed to like you, you go there right after the show and then you hang you have some drink to take pictures and and then you, you you can talk with him he takes time to make sure mm-hmm. that everyone in that room feels seen and and he he shows that he's like you know he's grateful he's not like saying oh thank you so much for being here but he's just he's he's not like yeah. um I'm a legend. Make like you know, bow down to me. He's very much like playing music. He's bopping. Mm-hmm. He's you know, and um, you you can you could like if you have questions, you can ask him. You know, I remember I once asked him um uh like sorry, just two seconds. I just got a notification. I'm not sure if you got that. Sorry, I just make want to make sure that you don't get that again. <laughs> um, no worries. But then after, at one point, he was like, um, I asked him, I was like, are you, like, do you get nervous before shows and stuff? After he was like, yeah, of course I do. He was like, I I feel like some sort of anxiety the whole day. And I was like, that's crazy that you still get nervous wow, before yeah. shows, you know? And um, yeah, like, he just, he's, he's just a real guy that, like, you know, admits that mm-hmm. he gets anxious before shows. And, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, and like, he's very, very like laid back so he's not he he's just doesn't give you that uptight energy which I love because yeah. I'm obviously a very like high alert person so being someone <laughs> that is like the opposite it just it's it's just a cool thing you know what I mean? <laughs>
0: I don't know. Like I was watching your videos and I was like it, it just it just seems so cool. I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy that you got this experience that like you feel like you got so much out of it. Like you're glowing. I don't know. Like if you're not, if you're listening to this, like watch this too, because this girl has been smiling the whole time and I love it. I love to see it. Like congratulations, honestly, like it sounds kind of formal, but like seriously, congratulations on all of that because it's a big deal.
1: That means a lot. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, okay. I, I want to say enough about Snoop Dogg, but, like, there's never enough about Snoop Dogg because we're probably going to come back to it anyway. Of course,
1: of course. It's definitely been a career <laughs> highlight, you know? So, like, yeah. I'm more than happy to talk about it, too. And I, I know that, like, a lot of people... Um, You know, are like a lot of pole dancers like want this gig so badly, and 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 I just want them to know that like you know if if it doesn't happen with Snoop, like I believe that like if you just keep working towards these big stage moments, they're gonna happen. Whether it's Mm -hmm. Snoop or it's maybe Coachella, yes, there are pole dancers at Coachella. There are pole dancers. Uh, well, Burna Boy came to London, and I I didn't get chosen. Which, by the way, I could talk to you about that as well. I submitted, um, or I was approached at like. Um, I was told that the team was looking at my profile and they decided to not hire me. And that's okay as well. Like there's Mm -hmm. like, you're going to win. Did they tell you
0: a specific reason why?
1: No, they didn't. But I, I, I have an idea of why I didn't get chosen. And I think think? I do present in uh, my, my profile. Like when you look at it, um, like just, if you're just scanning my grid um, it's very, very like there are, there's, pole elements, of course, but a lot of like athletic pole elements. So Mm -hmm. I think they were looking for a little bit more of a sensual style. So like, okay, I specialize in tricks. That is what I'm like, most like well known for just because of my background in athletics. I love to do like aerial Mm -hmm. tricks that are you know, and I and not to say that the girls that got chosen don't specialize in that I'm not not to say that but the girls that got chosen, I think if you look at their Instagram grid, there they do tend to show more of that sensual style of Of pull choreo and I think Mm -hmm. that that's what maybe they were looking for as well and I know that I was I was being looked at like in terms of my application it was just my grid it was just they were just like they told me that I didn't have to send anything the but the agency that approached me said are you happy for us to send them your Instagram so that that was technically my my application you know yeah
0: whereas like in other opportunity you'd probably be able to like put together a choreography specifically based on what they're asking and then maybe that would increase your chances because I'm sure you could create something in that essence right yes but it was more so like what what you're portraying on social media maybe would have geared them another way right
1: exactly that's what I think and there could be complete like uh, other reasons why as well but that's just what Mm -hmm. I think and I'm okay with that because I'm I'm happy with how I I curate my grid and how I like I, I'm, I'm okay with my style that's just what I, I've chosen to develop and if people don't like it then that's okay but that's I think mm-hmm. how we all have to like we all have to be confident in the style that we have in terms of like being artists like people are gonna like it some people won't like it some people will, yeah. will think it's too sexy some people will think it's too sporty some people think you're wearing too much clothing some people will think that you're not wearing enough clothing it's just like whatever yeah. you, <laughs> you 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 have to just you know do what what you believe in and that's okay
0: Yeah. And kind of like on that topic too, I mean, you've grown how you're, you have over 60,000 followers now on Instagram alone, right? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: How long did it take you to build up that following? And since then, have you seen, you know, I mean, I'm sure you have any kind of like negative feedback reactions from complete strangers, even from people closer to you. Like what has been, you know, people's general, I guess, reactions and commentary on your content that you've been posting.
1: I'm very, very grateful that I get, like, 99.9% positive feedback, but I think it's because, like, my following is like, they're poll enthusiasts or poll supporters. Mm -hmm. Like, why would you follow me if you hate poll dance? Like, it makes no sense, you know? Yeah. So (laughs) most of my comments are, like, are are quite positive. I have gotten some, uh, like, random people that have, like, just – commented something but like they don't follow me and they'll say something Mm -hmm. negative i remember uh the last one that was kind of like crazy because it was actually about female empowerment and i remember the comment was like me too i uh what did she say uh me too i feel empowered by dancing on a pole like a whore or like a slut or okay me too i feel empowered by being a slut on a pole so that's what she comments, right? Saying, and, wow, yeah. and it's about female empowerment, right? So it was like, wow. And and so she put, I think she actually shared that to her story. And then that was what she wrote on the text. But like, I I still see when people share my my, my mm-hmm. reels. She didn't tag me, but I can still see it, you know? And then, so mm-hmm. I actually um, ended up like just screenshotting it. And up just being like putting it on my story and just being like this is why we still have a lot of work to do you know mm-hmm. and and because it's true like I feel like the reason one of the big things that we're trying to work on here or like one of the the our, our missions is is so that like we can all just be ourselves and like wear what we want and do what we want and like be happy for one each like one another and like especially as a woman like I, I would never look at another woman like living like her best life or whatever and like feeling happy and that woman's also trying to empower other women and then after like shit on her like I just so like you know that it just makes no sense so like obviously like Mm -hmm. anyways I had like some friends that messaged me saying oh like just yeah I I wasn't by the way trying to get people to dm her I was not I was just saying like this is why we have more some work to do and then after some of my friends were like yeah I just messaged her just letting her know like that 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 was not cool you know what I mean and like Mm. I even like because some people were, were just were quite hurt by that and stunned by that and then they just yeah had to let the person know like by the way like that's like, like, you don't have to do that, you know? So anyways, I remember that being like, wow, like that, that sucks that there are still people like that, you know? And then mm-hmm. there are sometimes on TikTok, which by the way, I took a break from TikTok just because of mental bandwidth didn't have enough. Uh, Cause I also, by the way, I also run the creative, um, uh, the creatives of another brand, uh, Pool Junkie. So I'm, I'm the creative mm-hmm. lead of Pool Junkie as well. So just doing all the Pool Junkie stuff and my stuff, I just couldn't keep up with with my TikTok. So I've taken a break from TikTok. It's a lot.
0: It is. But yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: but on TikTok, I, I've, I've gotten like so many like, gross men just, you know, trying to like, like look, looking at my art in like the a wrong way. But like, I'm okay with that also, because I'm like, that's, like what, what am I gonna do like you know I can't I can't control yeah. who sees my my videos if a video goes viral mm-hmm. you're gonna get men that see it you know and so yeah at the end of the day I just kind of ignore it I don't uh you know write back I don't have the time to write back but like you know sometimes they will just say some pretty like gross remarks about like you know uh, wish you were wish I was your pole and stuff like that or oh god I have a pole I have a pole that you can <laughs> come use, on you know and like but as it's like silly stuff yeah as pole dancers like we all get that and like we're aware of it mm-hmm. we don't do it for that and 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 if some girls do that no. or if yeah. some people do it for that then that's okay but like I don't do it for that at all but I understand that it's one of the things that will happen you know if it it, it, it can happen naturally because, yeah. because of the world that we live in you know so yeah
0: There's only so much that we can control for sure. So it's really just a matter of like how you take it. And like you said, ignore it, move on, focus on the positive. I mean, it sounds like you have mostly positive stuff, which is great. Honestly, like a healthy environment because social media can be a dark and scary place for some people, (laughs) but it sounds like a very positive place for you. So, you know... I want to talk a little bit about like how you're monetizing then cuz you said like you're doing all these shows all these things are great experiences but not necessarily what's like bringing you in all of the money and you mentioned you have an online business so mm-hmm. what what is that T- talk to me a little bit about that
1: Yes so um, I only started this business now in March so this is like quite new oh, I, okay, I, cool. I, st- I started off doing just online classes and then the online classes mm-hmm. were quite good because uh, what I had realized is that, you know, in person classes, which is by the way, I love teaching people in person, because I'm a very social person. I love that personal con- connection, you know, yeah. giving high fives, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the things that you can't really do on zoom. I, yeah. I do love uh, teaching in person. But generally, unless it's a guest workshop, if, mm-hmm. it, if you're doing regular in person classes, you're going to get a capped wage so a capped wage yeah so basically whether it is whether your classes are sold out or you have you know maybe even three people in the class that can happen as well you're always going to get the same wage and usually it's like it's it's, it just stays at that wage right
0: whereas what's like what's like the range for like for that wage so from like someone like a like a let's say a new poll teacher versus like someone who's like super experienced
1: so you'll like it, it, it all depends on what the studio owner, like the, the wage that they are providing. So it'll be Got either it. per hour. It can range from 20 pounds an hour to about 40 pounds an hour. So that's okay. so uh, if in Canadian, let's say about like, you know, it can range from like, let's just say 35 to uh, let's just say 70, you know, it, it really mm-hmm. depends yeah, yeah. on the studio um yeah yeah.
0: so and that's it when you think of it from like a sustainability standpoint it is challenging so it's not like you're teaching for eight hours a day exactly you know usually it's like one or two hours a day so like you think that's what like let's say 80 sometimes maybe max let's call it $200 a day if you're teaching twice maybe three times a day which is l- not likely
1: right uh, yeah well cuz like when you get to the point where you're like pole is like what you do all the time you could teach up to like 6 hours uh sometimes oh, sometimes okay. i know a girl and uh love her but i know that like there is she had one day where she she used to teach like wednesdays were her 8 hour days and i was like yeah Oof. i was like that's insane but everyone has their own t- Tolerances, right? At the beginning, I was like so hungry. I was willing to take anything on, literally, mm-hmm. and that's how mm-hmm. it always is. And not to say I'm I'm not hungry yeah. anymore. I'm just a lot smarter with how I uh, uh I use and spend my energy. So yes. um so yeah, generally like when you're teaching, you can teach like a, a good amount of hours for me personally. I like is about three to four hours. Cause also by the way, we you do private lessons as well. So like my private a private okay. lesson with me is a hundred dollars an hour. Um, mm-hmm. uh, for, for 60 minutes for 60 minutes um, so um, so yeah so like with teaching with teaching online classes what changed for me was that it's technically uncapped because mm-hmm. you can of course like um, you, you have the people that are wanting to be in your zoom call the live but then so many people who can't make it live still want to train with you. They just can't maybe be there at that time because they're in the Philippines or Abu Dhabi. And then they, yeah. they request. or they just have
0: something to do. Yes, yeah,
1: yes, exactly. Yeah. And then they request recordings. So then after I would, what I would notice is that I would have a lot of people, I'd have people in my live classes, but I'd have so many more requests for recordings. So I was yeah. like, okay, like there's something here. So then after I decided mm. to um, because I, I also saw some very inspirational pole artists in my in, in my industry, they did they were starting some libraries, uh, video libraries, um, like subscription services. I was like, oh, I'm going to do that as well. So I, I teamed up with my sister, who's a, a web designer, and uh, mm. she her and I, we worked on putting together this library. So basically, it's like you just get um, if you are a subscriber, um, my rate is 30 pounds a month. Uh, so let's just say about $50 a month, if you get that, you get access to all of my recordings that I've ever made. Um, uh, so they're, they're class recordings. And then also, mm-hmm. because you're a subscriber, or because you're a member, you also get um, uh, free access to any live classes I teach. So like, uh, for example, this month, I ha- it's, it's August now, I haven't uh, released any live classes yet, because there's, there's about like, you know, 100 classes on, on the library. Uh, but when I do, um, when I do release some, some some live classes, I'm going to probably release maybe like five to 10. We'll see. Um, when I release them, anyone that's a member also gets free access to those. But then nice. uh, but then of course, there are some people that maybe just don't want to be a member. They don't want to do the 30 pounds a month subscription. They just want to buy a single class. Then after, I mm-hmm. also let them buy a single class as well, which is 10 pounds for a single class. So technically, if you want to do all of them, it makes way more to be a subscriber than if you wanted to buy individually you know 10 pounds for a single class
0: so yeah But what's cool about that though is like by paying for that one class then they'll have it forever right two weeks only oh no okay okay Two weeks only yeah I I wanted I wanted to know about that yeah okay so that makes sense because then they don't have like unlimited rights to it or whatever is it are are you using a platform what are you using for for this I use zoom zoom, but then where, where do they make the purchases just on your website? Is it like through Shopify? Is it, what are you, what are you using for that? It's
1: Wix. So it's uh, a kianawalker.com. And, uh, if you go on Wix, you can, uh, be a member become a member. So at the moment I have mostly intermediate advanced content. However, I'm trying with time to, uh, 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 give or provide more beginner intermediate content as well. I just started off Mm -hmm. obviously teaching what I teach most. And that's, that's generally like, Intermediate to advanced level stuff, and then Mm. uh, slowly but surely, I'll start releasing more beginner stuff as well. Cool. Yeah. Are there
0: like trends in
1: pole? Yes. Is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. There are like in terms of trends. Like sometimes you'll like there. There will be like challenges if that if that makes sense. So there there will be challenges or there might be be like a trending trick which is like you see a lot of trick. Yeah. Like some people, a lot of people are doing this new trick that someone discovered. Because at the end of the day, like. The the possibilities are limitless. Like there's always people that are like pushing boundaries, trying new stuff, you know. And uh, sometimes there will be like a new trick that everyone is like, "Oh wow, that's so cool! I want to try it too." And then they'll just like hop on a trend, you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Um, we're gonna wrap up here because we're almost at time. Sorry. But I wanted to ask you: (laughs) Are you running away from me? No, no, no. I was just
1: putting (laughs) on the fan.
0: Sorry. I just, oh, is it getting hot? Yeah. It's getting,
1: it's getting, well, <laughs> because I just didn't want the fan to be on because of uh, just like the noise. Do you hear that at all?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You hear it? No, oh, not really. Okay. But we're wrapping up anyway. Perfect. But wait, we can't go yet because you have to leave everybody with. So we I end each podcast with what's called the mindful minute. Mm-hmm. So it's a piece of advice that you want to give anyone who's listening based on your experience in life and what you've gone through so far, what would that be?
1: Okay. I have a few pieces of of advice. All right, let's do it. Number one, working on your mental fitness is as important or even more important than your physical fitness, because you can have a lot of like, you know, dancing ability, uh, or you could be so flexible, or you can be extremely athletic, but one thing that I feel that a lot of people don't, um, like, I guess, teach is training your mind because especially in a world like today where um, you need to stand out from, like, in a sea of social media artists or, or content creators and all that stuff, like, you, there's so much competition, right? And you mm-hmm. need to be able to uh, really, like, put yourself out there. And putting yourself out, out there takes a certain amount of mental toughness because, you are putting yourself in a, in a position where people can, you know, uh, put negative comments, they can, you know, m- turn you into a meme, <laughs> like, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's a bit scary to know that. But at the same yeah. time, are you going to just like not f- fulfill your art or not fulfill your dream or your passion because you're scared to be turned into a meme? Like it's uh, mm-hmm. it's very much like mm-hmm. you, you got to put yourself out there. Of course, there there's but I believe that there's going to be more positive things that come from it than negative things. Um, so, yeah, mental toughness and training your mind, whether it's using uh, doing meditation, positive affirmations, practicing manifestation, having a life coach, uh, listening to podcasts, motivational speeches, you know, find the people that like really inspire you and uh, mm-hmm. absorb their content as well working on your on your mindset is like number one for me um number two is uh, like okay I guess I kind of mixed a bit of both but putting yourself out there if especially if you're trying to get noticed it like yeah. and there's going to be also um opportunities that like you, maybe you, you might have to like you know attend an event and all that stuff like uh you, you just need to be okay with just being like you know just going out there and putting yourself out there so that was a bit redundant mm-hmm. sorry <laughs> and, then, and, and then no I mean like being
0: being accessible too right like yeah. showing people that like you exist you have a presence you're putting in the effort to meet new people build those relationships like it, it all ties back it makes total sense
1: yes yes <laughs> and then <laughs> the last thing um, is trying new things so uh, for example one thing that I tried that I that didn't you know really work out for me is I had my own podcast for a bit and I I, it was really fun however I for me personally I found it was a little bit too time consuming for what I had going on in my life uh, so mm-hmm. I found that instead of it coming from a place of passion it was coming from a place of stress it was only adding stress and not adding any happiness so after 10 or 11 episodes I, I just yanked it and like that's okay I yes I still have my yeah. podcasting equipment I still uh, I had to pay for the rest of the year on on my RSL you know account or subscription. <laughs> (laughs) And I was like, it's a loss. Yeah. But, but it wasn't a loss because I was proud of myself that I I tried it. And, and I think that even those 10 episodes, I, 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 um, I benefited from those 10 episodes. I hope other people did. It didn't become a viral sensation, but I do feel like it created good in the world. Um, so, Mm -hmm. so yeah, like trying new things, same thing as a library. I didn't know if I was going to get like, you know, a million like, subscribers, I still don't have a million subscribers by the way, but I have 100% made way more money in the past few months since, uh, what is it? Since March than I ever have in terms of residual income, so that is, yep. I'm on a trajectory, right? So mm-hmm. I, I just believe that trying new things and not being like too scared because to, like if people, if someone asks what happened to your podcast, I'm not scared to just be like, yeah, like I, I tried it, it was a sick experience, but I'm not doing it anymore. Being able just to like reframe it and not being like, oh, it was a failure, you know, like
0: yeah, exactly. And even if it if it if it was, it's not that it it like failure. Failure is a thing that everyone's going to experience, but it's ultimately like what allows you to grow and to learn. Yeah. And if you constantly go into things being afraid to fail, chances are you will because you're looking for that, right? But if you go in with the open mind of saying like, it could work, it couldn't work, and maybe it won't work. And if it doesn't, that's okay. Then you're still empowered either way, right? Because it's like, how will you ever know if you don't try?
1: Amen. And I think that's
0: a big thing. It's like, just try. Amen. <laughs> That and that's the end of our podcast <laughs> <laughs> actually though <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's been so good chatting with you I feel like I can chat with you forever um, but I know that people will have the opportunity to connect with you more on social so where can people find you I know that you mentioned your website kianawalker.com mm-hmm. um, I'll link it in the show notes what about social media so that everyone can take a look at all of your sick tricks
1: Uh, At Kiana Walker. So um, K-H-E-A-N-N-A Walker.
0: Walker. (laughs) (laughs) W-A-L-K-E-R. Just in case. I feel like that could be spelled differently too, you know?
1: True, 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 true.
0: Okay, girl, um, bye to you and bye to everyone listening. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you're feeling generous, a review would be much appreciated. This podcast is brought to you by Nomad Creative. Visit nomadcreative.com for all of your marketing, branding, and social media needs.